What's up, guys? Max here, back with a brand new episode of The Scuttlebutt Show, and it has been too long. It has been way too long, and it is great to see all your, I assume, smiling faces out there in YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn land, wherever you are. I have so much to catch you all up on and some major, major announcements coming up. Wow, it is just so awesome to be back on this the last day of democracy, or at least that's what everybody keeps saying. It's been almost five years since I've launched the Scuttlebutt Show. Veterans Day 2017 is the day that I launched the Scuttlebutt Show. And that day, from that day forward, we started talking about how my personal belief is that as the war on terror nears 20 years now has passed it, there are going to be a influx, massive wave of veterans going out for political office. It's happening, but it's not happening exactly as I had imagined it would. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later in this episode because there is an army officer who decided to make an adult film to launch his political campaign, and we are going to watch it right here on the stream. Don't worry, it's safe for viewing, okay? What I'm going to show you is safe for viewing, but we are actually going to watch that adult film, clips from it at least by the end of this episode, and so much more. But first, you might be wondering, where have I been? Why has the Scuttlebutt show been off air for a month? Well, there's a very good reason. I have been working on a major new documentary, and a lot of the photography photography for that occurred during October. It's incredible. It's really moving. It's about a Marine. It's about resilience. It's about support. It's about family. It's about service. It's about selflessness. It's about so much. And I know it's going to inspire a lot of you. And at the end of the week, I'm going to be officially announcing and I need your guys help. So stay tuned. Wait for that. The end of this week, it's going to be amazing. I cannot wait to share it with you. In fact, maybe if there's time, I'll share a brief snippet of it with you on this episode. We'll see if there's time. Bed Bath & Beyond, if there's time. I don't know. So additionally, Halloween just happened. I hope everyone had a happy Halloween. I, uh, I did a short film competition where I got a great group of veterans together, including a veteran from Vietnam, Viet freaking Nam, got together and we filmed an awesome horror movie called The Mailman that's live on this channel. I hope you guys have had a chance to check it out. If not, after today's stream, go and do so. Additionally to that, Austin Alexander, you know him. Currently nominated for a Streamy Award, one of the greatest streamers or YouTubers alive right now uh, in regards to fitness, but in general too, and just a fantastic guy asked me if I could do the live stream for the Battle Bunker Battle Bunker's inaugural flagship competition. So if you guys watched any of the Battle Bunker big competition that they had over the weekend, last weekend, I did that live stream. So if you saw any of that, I did that. So October was just an insane month for me. It was crazy. And I knew if I had the scuttlebutt show five days a week, I would fall short of the goal of all the other stuff that I had to do. And so now we're back. So now we're back. And it is great to see Jacob, Tiffany, MC. I know Harry Lime Pie is out there. Nuggets. Sam, if I didn't say that already, we've got uh, Iron Lotus out there. MC, thank you for the super chat. And everybody else listening who hasn't checked in yet, giving me a radio check, Go ahead and send it over and let me know that you're out there because it is just so great to be back with you guys. I am uh, I'm beside myself. And I didn't want to make this whole episode talking about where I've been and what I've been up to. I wanted to bring, jump right back in and bring you guys a real true-to-life scuttlebutt show. So I've got tons of great stories. And by the end of it, we're going to talk about a bunch of veteran election-related stuff because tomorrow is Election Day 2022. If you guys so choose, get out there and vote. Abstain if you don't feel like any candidates have earned your vote whatever, or do whatever you want to do. Just enjoy the absolute greatest privilege that we have as Americans, which is our electoral process. It's uh, it's wonderful. H. Now, what's up? Harry Lime Pie. There he is. Harry Lime Pie. Way to go. Great to see everybody out there. It is awesome. So without further ado, without further ado, let's go ahead and have a true Scuttlebutt Show episode today because I've got some wild and crazy stories that you're, you're not going to believe, and I'm going to get to them right off the bat with this one. U.S. Air Force veteran allegedly dismembered with chainsaw. No big deal. No big deal. Just dismembered with a chainsaw. 
Police investigating the killing of an 80-year-old Air Force veteran and arrested two suspects after they allegedly pawned the chainsaw used to dismember the victim's body. Wait till you hear how insane these people are. They took this chainsaw to sell it, but wait till you hear what condition it was in when they did so. This is out of Phoenix, and police say Thomas Wallace was being held Sunday on $1 million cash bond on suspicion of second-degree murder, concealing a dead body, theft of a pickup truck, and trafficking stolen property, while his accomplice, Romana Gonzalez, is jailed on suspicion of fraud and theft. Wallace, who's 58, has been a roommate of the victim, so they were known uh, acquaintances, and Gonzalez also stayed there off and on. And based off the, the mug shots here, I'm going to say there was some kind of uh, narcotics involved going out on a limb, going out on a limb. And it was unclear Sunday if either has a lawyer to speak on their behalf. Police did not release the victim's identity or age. So um, it, they did figure out, though, that it was this 80 year old man. Officers entered the home November 1st for a welfare check and reported finding two black trash bags inside a bedroom, along with a severed body parts in a pile of blankets. According to court documents, investigators then discovered blood on the ceiling, walls, furniture, and the victim's head covered up in layers of linen. This is like a straight up horror story. Just barely missed Halloween, though. And this is real life. Real life always worse than Halloween. I mean, you can't come up with this stuff. This is uh, this is madness here. This is like old Scarface. Remember Scarface, that bathroom scene? This is like something out of that. So they ended up finding the missing pickup truck that the victim owned at a motel down the street. And that's where they located and arrested the suspects. But get this. And here's the crazy twist. Wallace and Gonzalez are accused of pawning some of the victim's items for $50, including the 10-inch saw that still had pieces of flesh in the chain. They sold the chainsaw with pieces of the victim still in it. But think about this. Then somebody bought it. There was also a camera bag with the victim's business card inside, so these aren't the brightest criminals in the world. Ruby Lowry told Phoenix TV station, Ruby Lowry, Ruby Lowry told Phoenix police station uh, or Phoenix TV station KPNX that he was a good neighbor who would help anyone and he didn't deserve that. I don't think anybody deserved that, but how this Air Force vet got into cahoots with these uh, maniacs here and what happened that led to this event? Absolute tragedy. And uh, I just wanted to point that out because when I read that headline, I could not believe what I was reading and it just got crazier from there. What is going on out there in Phoenix? You guys let me know in the comment section. Wow, wow, wow. They look strung out. Yes, I agree. Tiffany said they look strung out. I agree. Sam says you can't make any of this up. Yep. Nugget says it's been a minute since we've seen a story like this. Yeah, but you know you get them here on the Scuttlebutt Show. So I hope you guys, uh, you know, every time you tune into the Scuttlebutt Show, you know you're going to get, you know, some unexpected stuff, right? Some unexpected stuff. Oh, man. You know, I wish that I could tell you that that was the last story about a uh, crazy military-related death murder that we're going to have today, but it's not. It's not even one of the last ones. We've got a few more to talk about. I'm not, uh, uh, I'm, not, I'm not in charge of what happens out there in the world. I'm just bringing it to you. And when I see these stories, these next two ones, I actually almost failed to talk about these stories because I thought... For, for, a, for a while reading these, I'm like, is this the same story repackaged or is this something different? Is this some a different story? It's a different story. These are two different stories. So we're going to roll right into this because I've got a lot of stuff to bring you guys today. And this next one is absolutely insane, folks. Fort Riley, the army, Fort Riley specialist charged with stabbing fellow soldier to death. Oh, my goodness gracious. This is from August, but more information is coming out now. A soldier assigned to Fort Riley has been indicted for murder and other charges stemming from an August homicide. This is Specialist Jalen Thomas, who is only 21, facing a murder charge in the death of Sergeant Stacy Subodich, another soldier at Fort Riley. I always say, look out for your battle, buddy. And, and the Army keeps proving me right. This soldier, Stacy, uh, was stabbed to death. Two other people were injured in a late-night assault. This was first reported by Stars and Stripes on Friday. Thomas pled guilty to at least one charge in his November 2nd arraignment, but it's not clear if he did so on all counts. Army Criminal Investigative Division, or CID, is handling the matter, and Thomas was indicted through the military court. He faces counts of murder, manslaughter, domestic violence, and assault. Just after... 2.30 in the morning on August 6th in Junction City, Kansas, a town adjacent to Fort Riley. That's what happened. It's not clear what caused the violence, but at least four people were involved, three of whom were stabbed. 
In the immediate aftermath of the incident in August, police arrived on the scene to find a man suffering from a stab wound to the leg. They also found Sabatich, who was taken to Irwin Army Hospital, but died there from her wounds. Thomas drove himself to a hospital to be treated for his stab wounds. He was arrested by the Junction City Police Department in connection with the attacks. Sabatich, 30 years old, was identified at the time of the assault in August. The names of the other people involved were redacted in the court documents, but now the stuff's starting to come out. Thomas is also facing domestic violence charges for hitting a third victim who, according to reports, was a woman he was in a relationship with. Just a question here. What was everyone doing at the same time with knives that a stabbing fight broke out? Like, are, are we, I thought we were going, I thought we were beyond knife fights. Are we still doing knife fights? I thought those went out of style with Under Siege. I thought the final scene in Under Siege just put knife fights out of style. Who wants to be in a knife fight? I remember going through army combatives and we're doing like knife disarming training, knife fight training. And I remember saying the first rule of a knife fight, you're going to get cut. So please, folks out there, try to avoid knife fights at all costs. It says here a Fort Riley spokesperson told Stars and Stripes that Thomas has been at the base since February and joined the army in 2019. Sabatich enlisted in 2017 and was at Fort Riley since 2019. Thomas is currently being held by the army after initially being detained by Junction City Police. His next court appearance is set for December 2nd. It'll be a Christmas trial out there to see what's going on with him. But what is going on at Fort Riley? At Fort Riley, are you guys okay? Let me know in the comments section. Please be safe and watch out for your battle, buddy. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, my goodness gracious. Nugget said this episode's going south fast. <laughs> oh, man, I hate to agree with you, but it's going to go south, but it's going to come back around. We're going to go six to midnight when we start talking about uh, this army major who made this adult film, if you know what I'm talking about. Stick around for that. It's going to be worth it. Wow, used lawn equipment, Tiffany says, referring to the previous story. How much did they charge? And that person must have been hard up for a deal on equipment. Seriously, seriously. Holy moly, Tiffany says. Only she didn't say moly. Yes. Is Fort Riley the new Fort Hood? No, Fort Hood is still the Fort Hood. Knife fights. I thought it went out with the area of West with the era of West Side Story. Yeah. We're gonna be talking about Fort Hood here in a minute. We are, but um before we get there. Before we get there, we're going to talk about the Army a few more times in today's episode. Uh, no shortage of Army stories, Air Force stories. There's a lot to talk about today. There's a lot to talk about. Um, how do I even go into this next one? Just keep in mind here, this is not the same story that you just heard. I know it's going to sound like the same story, but it is a different story. This is a whole new story. Ex-Army Sergeant admits to killing his battle buddy, another soldier, for reporting his marijuana use. Hey, I smoked weed. You're going to tell on me? You know what? Let's just do murder then. Weeds, you know, I, I could live with a weed charge. I could catch a case there, but let's just do murder. A former Army sergeant has pled guilty to killing a fellow soldier inside the barracks on Fort Stewart, Georgia. Fort Stewart, you okay? Two years ago, Byron Booker, 29, of Ludowici, Georgia, pled guilty to the premeditated murder of Specialist Austin Hawk on June 17, 2020, after Hawk reported his fellow soldiers for marijuana use. So somebody out there living the Army core values, the Army, you know, the, the, the Army tenants out there reporting his battle buddies for abusing drugs in and around the barracks, I would presume. And what does he get? Murdered. Hawk, Booker, and Booker's alleged accomplice, former specialist Jordan Brown, were all assigned to the 92nd Chemical Company, 83rd CBR, Chemical, Biological, Radiological, and Nuclear Battalion on Fort Stewart. On May 2nd, 2020, Hawk made a report to his command about Brown and Booker's use of marijuana. Days later, Booker received an honorable discharge, but Brown, who had more time in service left, now faced a court-martial after failing a follow-on drug test. In an effort to get back at Hawk, Brown and Booker came up with multiple plans to silence him, silence him in quotes, and get revenge for the report. You know, this is a lack of accountability here on themselves. They have no self-accountability. Brown was angry that Hawk had cost him his paycheck, his girlfriend who broke up with him and been news of the court-martial, his housing, and potentially his relationship with his father, court documents stated, probably thinking that if he gets a dishonorable discharge, his father will disown him too. Enraged with Hawk, Brown agreed to Booker's plan to murder Hawk for being a snitch. Snitches get stitches taken to real life out there. While on duty, Brown helped Booker get access to the barracks, according to the court records. Booker then managed to get Hawk to open his barracks door, and then uh, and then it goes on. 
Court records also stated that Brown was not in the room at the time of the attack. At about midnight on June 17th, Booker stabbed Hawk more than 40 times. More than 40 times, which is not a, I mean, it's premeditated. We already know that. But more than 40 times, that's some real hate. That takes some real hate. With wounds made to his head, neck, torso, according to the prosecutors. Booker also made a three-inch cut across his Hawk's throat that he could not have survived even if the other wounds were not there. Booker is awaiting sentencing as part of his plea agreement. He faces a mandatory minimum sentence of life in prison. Great. Parole is not offered in the federal system. Federal crimes give way harsh sentences. Byron Booker murdered a former fellow soldier in cold blood in retaliation for that soldier performing his duties as a service member. Exactly right. That's according to U.S. Attorney David Estes, also retired Army Colonel. The FBI and the Department of Criminal Investigative, Army Criminal Investigative Division did outstanding work in solving this despicable crime and bringing Booker to justice. Brown, Booker's co-defendant, is awaiting trial on charges of premeditated murder, assault, conspiracy to retaliate against a witness, retaliation against a witness with bodily injury, and retaliation against a witness with killing. Retaliation against witnesses or witness tampering or silencing is an incredibly uh, despicable crime and always carries stiff penalties. So this person will spend the rest of their life in prison for this crime. Hopefully the family gets some closure or something, at least knowing that the person who did it's being held accountable. But oh my gosh, what is the problem out there? Just trying to be a soldier, just trying to serve your country, and that's what you get. It seems like we're seeing that more and more, more and more and more. Battle buddies after the battle buddies out there. I always I say it almost jokingly now at this point, but please, soldiers, army, be safe out there. Look out for your neighbor in the barracks. Look out for your battle buddy. Don't go on camping trips. Don't go to the armory alone. Just be careful out there. Oh, my goodness gracious. All right, guys, let me know what you think about that one in the comment section. Wow. Wow. All over some weed, which... In the army, if you're not a total scumbag, you could, I think, you know, smoke weed and get caught and, you know, get in trouble, but continue to serve. It's not zero tolerance, I don't think. At least it wasn't back when I was in. So the, Sam says the army is not having a good episode. That's true. Mudrock. Whoa, great to see Mudrock in the chat. That's amazing. If I didn't already uh, say hello to Mudrock, that is awesome to see you. It's so great to see you in the chat. Sam says 40 times. No chill. Yep. Nuggets echoes that sentiment. He must have had some issues, Tiffany said. Yeah, he must have had some serious issues to even be able to do something like that. It takes a pretty cold, calloused person. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, there was a interesting follow-up. We're going to do a couple follow-ups. Um, there was a, We're going to do two follow-ups, okay, here. Two follow-ups coming up on some old stories. One was... I don't know if you guys remember this. An army ranger. Um, you know what? Let's jump right into it. Let's 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 not uh let's not waste time here. Let's jump right into it. Let me recap this for you. We talked about this story recently. A former army ranger has been in prison for many years after staging an incredibly horrendous bank robbery, has put up in court a claim that he should be released from prison because when he committed this crime, he was young. And his brain hadn't fully developed because he was younger than 25. And I laughed that off. And I said, huh, what a stupid argument. Imagine a precedent that that would set. Being under 25 makes you less responsible for a crime because your brain's not fully developed. Ah, we laughed. We laughed. Well, he's walking out of jail, folks. He is. He has successfully, successfully made that argument that because when he was under 25, his brain had not fully developed, and so he should not be held responsible to the extent that he's been sentenced for his crimes. And that is flying. That's going. They're, they're walking with that. A federal judge lopped a dozen years off the prison sentence of a former U.S. Army Ranger who in 2006 led a military-style takeover robbery of a Tacoma bank and then tried to hire a hitman to kill the prosecutor who sent him away. Luke Elliott Summer, now 36, has served 15 years of what ha had been a 44-year sentence. He he is getting a new trying to get a new sentence, which uh, left him behind bars to serve 17 more. He, in a 45-page self-drafted motion citing his youth at the time of the crimes and his rehabilitation behind bars, asked the judge to reduce the sentence to no more than 20 years, also arguing he should be released immediately. 
Robert agreed Summer's initial sentence was excessive. He also acknowledged both the difficult time Summer had spent in prison during COVID and dozens of testimonials from prison officials, counselors, guards, and other people in custody who hailed Summer's transformation from an angry, traumatized combat veteran to a role model in the maximum security Coleman to federal penitentiary in Sumterville, Florida. Now, the, the, the other side is that his crimes are some of the most extreme, violent, and dangerous actions to come forward as court, Robart said at a sentencing hearing. Robart heard testimony from three bank employees who related how their lives had, a, had lives and sense of safety and well-being were shattered during the holdup. So we've already talked about the, the, um, the circumstances re revolving around this crime. I'm not going to go into that too much more. But I just wanted to give a call back to this because it's insane that he made this we laughed at this, this argument that he was making, and he's going to end up getting uh, an early release, probably. So let that sink in, all right? Just let, just take that and, and, and just absorb that. He was young, and, uh, and he's not, you know, young anymore. He's matured, so he should be forgiven. That's an interesting argument to make. I was young and dumb, so let me go. And it seems to be working. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't think I feel great about that. Let me know how you guys feel about that in the comments section. It doesn't change what happened to the victims. Yeah, you do something horrible, and then 20 years later, you regret it. I get that. That totally makes sense. You do something dumb. That's like everybody alive. You do something dumb, and in the future, you regret it. I think everyone's had some of those things. Now, not all of them are, are heinous felonies, but everyone has something like that. And then you go, wow, that was so dumb. I would never do that now because I've changed and I've matured. Now, I don't know if it's exactly because of age. Because um, you could get you could get older and then do dumb stuff again. You know, it's a lot about state of mind. He claims PTSD, trauma from his experiences in Afghanistan. And he goes out and he does this insane bank robbery. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. Should that have, should he have been allowed to walk? I don't know. I personally don't think that that was a, a good argument because I always side with the victims. You guys know where I stand. I'm, 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 I'm always pretty much consistent with that because I base it, I base my decision making on values, personal principles, and not case by case basis where I flip flop on everything that I stand for every day, like a lot of people do. And based on those values and principles that I hold near and dear to my heart, uh, I don't really support that. So let me know what you guys think about that in the comment section. That's where it goes. So another update, another update. Um, actually, good comment here from Sam. The scales on war argues that we shouldn't send people under 25 to war because of their not fully developed brain yet. Interesting. Yeah, but you can't have it both ways. I, I get like, first of all, I think we need, you know, young people. Look at all the people who snuck into the military back in the day, 16, 15, 14 years old, uh, to fight in World War II. A few famous cases of that because they wanted to go and ended up being heroes. Tommy, what's up? Great to see you in the chat. Awesome. Tiffany says, that is a stupid argument, and for them to let him out is the reason why the world is going to hell. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. So people usually regret that first tattoo, Harry Lime Pie says. That's a great point. That's a great point. Now we laser it off. Some stuff, it's cool. We can erase some stuff. We can erase bad tattoos. But I don't know if we can just erase hurting innocent people. I don't like that. I personally don't like that. That's just me. That's just me. So another update here, something crazy. And we're going to continue to follow this because uh, you'll see in a second the story I'm talking about. But this is uh, this is going to... Oh, AN, Ancient Neophyte, what's up? Great to see you in the chat, too. I don't know if I gave you a shout-out already, but great to see you. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, to the Scuttlebutt Show. So the other story here that we're going to do a follow-up on is kind of crazy. Um, we're going to talk about it. And then what we're going to do is we're going to use that to roll into what might be the end of the Army as we know it. And I don't, I'm not joking when I say that. This, this next story after this one might be the end of the Army as we know it. So let's go and get rolling on this series of stories here. Army MP, we've been talking about Denisha Montgomery. Her death officially ruled a suicide by the Army. Her family, not buying it still. A soldier told her family that she had been assaulted by three soldiers in her squad and was then dissuaded by her first sergeant filing an official report. Two weeks later, she was found dead in her barracks. At first, somebody said it's a suicide. Then the family goes, hey, actually, we have this video of her saying she's been 
you know, assaulted by her battle buddies, been threatened by her chain of command, that she wants to come home, that she can't go to her chain of command for support. And then the army says, well, actually, the death's under investigation. After they got called out on new on the news, the army said, actually, we don't really know if it's a suicide or not. It's under investigation. But now they're declaring officially that it is a suicide. Means of death, asphyxiation. Specialist Denisha Montgomery, who's 27 at the time, was found unresponsive at the Lucius Clay Barracks in Weisbaden on August 9th and was pronounced dead at the scene. Family members were told during preliminary findings the death was likely a suicide, but then they walked that back after the news story broke. And now, like I said, they're saying that it is actually, in fact, according to the autopsy performed by the Armed Forces Medical Examiner, a suicide by asphyxiation. But the family doesn't think so. The family continuing to cite the claims that she made before, only days before she was found dead of her feeling in danger and threatened by her fellow battle buddies, along with all the countless examples of battle buddy versus battle buddy crime going on. It's safe to say that the family has not found any sort of a resolution in that claim and will continue to strive for answers in the death of their daughter, niece, mother, wife, family member, since her, a lot of her family actually served in the Army, too. As you guys might remember, there's a long-form video on my channel about Denisha Montgomery and the video from her family and talking about all the, you know, screw-ups along with that story. And do I think that the Army Criminal Investigative Division slash uh, medical examiners have proven themselves competent to take on a story like this or a case like this? I do not. Who comes to mind when you think of something like this? Vanessa Guillen which is going to lead us right into our next story. So stick around for that, guys. Let me know what you think about this one and Denisha Montgomery's death, mysterious circumstances in the description or in the comments down below. So talking about Vanessa Guillen, we're going to roll right into a, a Vanessa Guillen story because it has just been announced that uh, there's actually a, um, a documentary coming out on... Uh, on Netflix about Vanessa Guillen, and we're going to react to the trailer here in a second. Netflix releases trailer for I Am Vanessa Guillen documentary. This could really be the end of the United States Army. Can the Army survive? I mean, they can, they can bury the body. They can ignore the case. They can, you know, do whatever they want to do. They can have all these soldiers killing each other on bases. They can just pretend like all that doesn't exist and then release the Emma commercial and say everything's all good. But can the Army survive a Netflix documentary? My, I'm just going to throw this out there. My opinion? No. Nobody can survive a Netflix documentary. If there's one thing that you should really be terrified of, it's when Netflix comes after you with a high-profile, well-produced documentary or documentary series. We're going to watch the trailer for it now. The film follows her family's fight for historic military reform, a journey that takes them all the way to the Trump White House after the brutal murder story of her, their sister sparked a moment of reckoning for the U.S. military and the way it handled sexual assault investigations. Let's jump over and react to it. This, folks, is the I Am Vanessa Guillen documentary. Her case is grabbing headlines across the nation. People want to know, where is Vanessa Guillen? Where's my sister? They know where she is, and I want them to speak up. This was not one of those cases the military can sweep under the rug. Vanessa's always been the bravest of all of us. Something was wrong with her the few months after she was stationed at Fort Hood. Not being able to sleep, losing weight. She would tell me that things weren't what they seemed. Dijo si he sido acusada por un superior. Ahí en Fort Hood. Eso no habla de corrupción, de maldad. I called the staff sergeant. He's like, we don't know anything about her. You guys don't have cameras, nothing. And they were like, no. The military did not give a damn. Fort Hood seems to cultivate the worst of the worst. A lot of missing soldiers, a lot of dead soldiers, a lot of bad there. She's in the army. She's supposed to be safe there. Ya traté yo y nada le Estos animales, dije, no me van a buscar a mi niña. Yo tengo que buscar a mi hija yo. The Guillen family were not going to stay quiet. The Hispanic culture is the sleeping giant, and the Guillen family woke it up. People using my sister as a resemblance of themselves. Hashtag I am Vanessa Guillen. I remember saying she is us. It kept going and growing. What's her name? Vanessa! Name it proud! 
Sexual assault scandals are the new norm for the military. Clearly an epidemic. We had no other choice but to go and fight for a legislation under my sister's name. The military counts on survivors and their families staying quiet, and they miscalculated dramatically. If we got Congress to listen, then we can get Congress to pass the bill. This is our last chance. They do not support the full Vanessa Keehan Act. We have to really push on them. This is not a Republican, Democratic issue. This is not a race issue. This is a human issue, so it should be everyone's issue. Wow. Coming out November 17th, coming out next weekend. Will you guys be tuning into that? So when you hear about Denisha Montgomery, when you hear about these stories of soldier on soldier crime, you can't help but now think about Vanessa Guillen, who, you know, if you guys don't remember, she had gone to the armory to take care of some business at the end of a day where she was attacked and murdered by a soldier who then conspired with his not wife, but like girlfriend, even though he was married to go bury the body off base and they didn't find her for months and they weren't even really looking for her. Then I do want to remind you guys too. I want to remind you guys too, that after the Vanessa Guillen case, the army officially said in a statement, the worst thing about the Vanessa Guillen case was how the PR was handled. They said the worst part about the Vanessa Guillen case was how the PR was handled. And if that doesn't make your eyeballs fall out of your head with shock, I don't know what will. But then also, even uh, more damning, investigators had gone in and said any competent investigator should have been able to solve the Vanessa Guillen missing persons case basically immediately. Basically immediately. Calling out the Army CID as totally incompetent. So I wonder what stones will be unturned, what facts will be uncovered in this Vanessa Guillen documentary. But if there's one thing that I hope is that the Army cannot turn a blind eye to all the deaths within the ranks of soldier-by-soldier soldier crime, hundreds, hundreds of soldiers being killed on base by their battle buddies in gang-related violence and off-base killings in DUIs and getting arrested for human trafficking at the border, being recruited off TikTok to go do human trafficking on the border. All these horrible, absolutely insane things that are currently happening with the military, especially the army because of where they're stationed and the culture within the army. It just, it's got to stop being just ignored and pretending like everything's fine. It's nuts. It's insane. So let me know what you guys think about that trailer in the comment section down below. Good, bad, ugly. Will the army survive it? You let me know. Crazy, crazy, crazy insanity. Insane. I don't even know what to say about it. it every time I think about it, too, it gets worse and worse because I remember all the dumbness. I remember all the stupid stuff. It's, it's bananas. Crazy. Uh, Sam says, amazing way to go army. Mudrock says, wow. MC, Emma, you good? Emma, are you good? Where is Emma? We need a proof of life on Emma for real. We need a proof of life. I'm going to start petitioning for proof of life on Emma. Do her moms know where she is? <laughs> was that even a joke? I don't even know why that was funny to me. Do Emma's moms know where she is? It's 10 p.m. Do Emma's moms know where Emma is? Please tell me they do. Please tell me they do. Iron Lotus is a good trailer, and I agree. That was a good trailer. I want to watch it. Thank God I have something positive to end the show on today. A couple things. Oh, yeah. We have some good stuff, folks. We have some good stuff. Um, we're going to be talking about the election tomorrow regarding veterans. From this point forward, basically, um, until the end, we're going to be talking about some crazy, crazy election-related stuff involving veterans, okay? We're going to kick it off with this one. Out in Waukesha County, famous now for, or infamous, I should say, three military ballots delivered to Representative Branchin's home, the Waukesha County Sheriff's Office is investigating. And wait till you, I have an update on this one for you too. So out in Wisconsin, an, a state assembly representative received some unexpected mail. The Waukesha County Sheriff's Department confirms represent, Re Representative Janelle Branchin, chair of the Assembly Committee on Campaigns and Elections, received three military ballots at her home address. Branchin's office says the ballots were addressed to someone named Holly, but with three different last names. They were sent from clerks in Menominee Falls, South Milwaukee, and Shorewood. The Republican says she believes someone was trying to prove a point about military ballots, adding a statement that said, I believe someone was trying to point out how easy it is to get military ballots in Wisconsin. 
registration for military ballots is not required, so a fictitious name and birth date is all that is required to obtain a military ballot online. All you have to do is go online, make up a name, make up a birth date, and you get a ballot to vote. Feeling shocked about this situation is an understatement because it demonstrates stolen valor from those who protect this nation. I think it's sad that people feel they have to break the law to get the attention of the legislature. This is now the second time citizens have tried to point out loopholes in our elections, which is crazy. And what they did was they found out who this person was and fired them from their jobs. Because, And what did they do? They pointed out a flaw in the system. And what does that sound like? Why is it that, every, why is it that the greatest crime you can do is challenge the problematic systems in place? And instead of fixing the system, what do they do? They fire the person who pointed it out. That's kind of troubling to me. Do you think that's how it is elsewhere too? Do you think to get an absentee military ballot in other counties around the nation? And I'm asking you guys, I want to hear this in the comments. Do you think it's as easy as logging onto a website, making up a name like Johnny John John, birthday, you know, February 23rd, 1993, and they'll just send you a ballot and you could do that all day? Do you even need a VPN? Do you need to spoof an IP? What do you what do you have to do? Can you get them all mailed to the same address so that you can fill them out, mail them back? And you can just do this all day long? That's crazy. That is crazy. And it's tr it's extra troubling too because military absentee ballots should be some of the most cherished votes. You've got people who retain their their uh their home of record when they join the military. So I'm from Poughkeepsie, New York. When I was in the military, my home of record, New York, Poughkeepsie, New York. So I could vote in New York, theoretically, vote for, you know, Congress, Senate, local elections from New York, even though I was stationed in San Diego, I could have been in Afghanistan. And this did happen, although I personally have never voted. Feel free to open up a line of dialogue about that with me, but I'm happy to explain that. But if I wanted to, I could go vote for my New York elections from Afghanistan. It's this like insanely important and cherished right and responsibility of the election officials to honor those military ballots. Because if they, if you know, if they mean what they say about the military are the defenders of freedom, they're defenders of democracy, the United States and the constitution, then you should absolutely, you know, value that vote that they have to offer. They work for the government. They're they're They are out there, you know, working for these elected officials, frankly, because those are the Congress people are the ones who can send them to war. The president's the one who can send them to war. So they work for these people that they're voting for. And then to find out that maybe the easiest way to sneak into an election to contribute some extra votes for your preferred candidate is by taking advantage of the military absentee ballot system. That's super sad to me. So let me know what you guys think about that in the comment section down below. And do you think that that problem exists elsewhere around the nation? I'm curious. Has anybody else had any issues like that with your absentee ballots when you were serving in the military? I'm curious. There's a uh, Tommy says you definitely need to be registered to vote in the state before you can request a ballot, at least in North Carolina, where I vote. They didn't point out a flaw. They broke the law and it got caught. They would have been caught anyway. Well, I think that they did point out a flaw because they pointed out a flaw to they showed the country what was going on there. And I think that that is, a, of course, that's a flaw. Of course, it's a flaw that anybody can go on there and just type in any information and get a ballot and vote without verification. How's that not a flaw? It's like that place is cursed. Some talking about Fort Hood. Tommy says, I can't understand how many people get killed or go missing from Fort Hood in general. It is crazy. It's crazy. Absolutely insane. There's a, there's no question that um, in the last year or so, the military has overstepped. Maybe in the last two years, the military has overstepped into politics. Um, there's been so many examples on this show. It's crazy. Uh for example, in Texas, the military leadership saying that if you are offended by the state's laws, you can put in a transfer request. And just to recap on some stuff we've already talked about on today's episode, in Texas, the, the military said, if you're too traumatized by the politics in Texas, you can actually put in a hardship transfer and be moved to another base in a state that more closely aligns with your political opinions. Or... You can be murdered at Fort Hood all day long. No no comment. If you get murdered at Fort Hood, the army has nothing to say about it. Zero comment. Zero comment. Okay? But if you're offended by the politics, hardship transfer. Hardship transfer to another state that more aligns with your politics. That blows my mind. Just as one example. 
and you can see where it leans, right? You can see it, I'm, not, I'm not a partisan person. So when I say things, I'm just trying to point out what seems obviously true, which is that there are partisan leanings towards what is popular right now. That case, I'm not going to go into the specifics of what that case mainly revolved around. You can probably come up with it. But those same people have no comment, no comment on the... Um, on the, you know, crime, the gang violence, the border crime, people getting recruited to smuggle humans across the border on TikTok that we've talked about in the show many times. But they do, as quickly as they can, jump in on whatever's the popular trending thing on Twitter. And then, now this next one, you could argue is an isolated incident, but as far as core values, things that people stand for, I don't understand what people's beliefs are. I don't understand what their, what their values and ethics are. Anyway, I'm kind of babbling. Let's get to it. Air Force acknowledges, acknowledges improperly releasing congressional candidates performance review. And you could probably guess whose side who was on. A junior individual improperly released Republican congressional candidates Air Force records, an action that led to the public disclosure of her sexual assault. The service acknowledges that this did happen. Based on the preliminary findings of an investigation, it appears information was released to a third party by a junior individual who didn't follow proper procedures and obtain required consent. Air Force spokesperson Ann Stefanik, who we've quoted many times on this show, said in a statement, the Department of the Air Force takes its responsibility to safeguard private information seriously and the matter remains under investigation. Now, I'm sure these issues aren't new. They've been around as long as time's been around. We've talked at length about some other people, you know, been accused and seemingly have embellished or straight stolen valor trying to get elected in other states. But this one's extra disturbing to me because this came from inside of the active duty component uh, and revealed some troublingly personal and sensitive information about a, another veteran. At issue is a report in news outlet Politico, which you can, I, I don't really know that much about Politico, but you can tell me in the comments about Jennifer Ruth Green, a lieutenant colonel in the Indiana Air National Guard who was locked in a competitive race for House in Indiana against Democratic Rep Representative Frank Mervon, if I'm saying that right. A Republican has not held a seat in nearly a century, but election forecaster Cook Political Report rates it as a Democrat toss-up in this election. As part of a lengthy profile on Green, Politico reported earlier this month that she received a poor performance review while in the active duty Air Force in 2010 that she did not meet leadership, professionalism, and judgment standards. The review cited two incidents, one where she loaded her weapon inside a military facility and another where she walked away from the rest of her group while visiting a facility in Iraq. So you guys might not know, but there's different conditions to your weapon. And while in buildings such as defects, typically as one example, you're not supposed to have a loaded weapon. There are clearing barrels outside of these buildings. So you can go confirm, you know, dry fire your weapon into it to confirm it's empty so that there's no negligent discharges or incidents where people get hurt. And then the other one that we're going to talk about more at length here is when she walked away from a group while visiting a facility in Iraq. According to Politico, during the Iraq incident, not according to Politico, according to Politico, she walked away from her group in Iraq. But during the Iraq incident, now according to some further information, she alleges she was sexually assaulted by an Iraqi serviceman grabbing her and exposing himself. Green maintained the evaluation was retaliation for her reporting the assault after a, a superior told her not to. Now, based on everything we've already talked about, Vanessa Guillen, Denisha Montgomery, all this stuff, sure, I could buy that. I don't see why not. Uh, and now, because of this, she has accused Mervyn or his supporters of illegally obtaining my military records describing my sexual assault and leaking the records to smear her. Mervyn has denied that he or anyone affiliated with the campaign gave the records to Politico, so I guess that thing's still ongoing. Politico said... In the article that the records were obtained through a public records request and given to the publication by someone outside the Mervyn campaign. In an interview on Fox News after the article was published, Green said her campaign asked Politico not to report on the service records because they told only half of the story and that in order to tell the full story, she would need to publicly discuss the assault for the first time. And you can imagine victims of sexual assault, domestic violence, you know, add on other un unfortunately horrible crimes probably don't want to come out and talk about them until they're ready. That could be pretty traumatic. This was something that was forcing me to discuss my history and tell my story about sexual assault on the national stage. That is very, uh, very sad. 
By law, only limited information about a service member's record is releasable to the general public through a Freedom of Information Act or FOIA request. You might heard it said as if the record is newer than 62 years old and the service member has not given their permission for personal information to be released, according to the National Archives National Personnel Record Center, examples of what can be released include name, dates of service, final rank, and awards received. More detailed information, such as performance reviews and non-criminal punishments, are supposed to be shielded from release under the Privacy Act. But not according to this person who probably was working from the inside. It, I mean, it's just how it sounds. It is how it sounds. Somebody motivated, probably for whatever reason, partisanship or whatever, released these records. Because otherwise, you wouldn't, Politico wouldn't jump. They wouldn't jump the FOIA request pipeline. The Air Force statement acknowledging Green's records were improperly released comes after a pair of Republican congressmen said the service had told them it identified the leaker and promised the person will be held accountable. The Air Force completed its preliminary investigation and is currently investigating whether the leaker had a political or financial motive, whether the leaker acted alone, and if the Air Force needs to strengthen policies related to its handling of confidential records, Republican Indiana Representatives Jim Banks and Larry Bouchon said in a statement. After their statement, Green said in her own statement that she appreciates that we now have confirmation, as I've contended all along, that my records were not properly obtained through FOIA. And of course, there will be no real justice because the harm is already done. It's all about the headline, not about the facts, as typical news nowadays always is. And uh, and it's sad. That's sad that that happened to her. I don't know this. I don't understand quite the circumstances around what happened, how she got separated from her group or any of that. You can, you know, discuss or whatever you want to do. Or if you know more information, please share it. But it's sad either way. And the idea of retaliation for reporting something like that, of course, that that's possibly true. Um we see it enough times to know that uh, that kind of thing does, in fact, happen. So what will be the outcome here? Will there be any moral penalty, any any kind of public opinion penalty? I don't know. We'll see. Let me know what you guys think about that in the comment section down below. Ao Nixo, a.k.a. Demetrius Patterson, checking in in the chat. Great to see you. How are you? Where are you at now? Let me know. Tommy says the ease of a system to catch people committing voter fraud by getting multiple ballots or taking someone else's is caught all the time and not nearly as rampant as anyone would believe. Nugget says Fort Hood or some other moldy joint. I'm not sure if I would take my chances with pneumonia or murder. Hard pass on Fort Hood, Sam says. Let's see. Harry says some type of person who leaked the Supreme Court ruling. Well, you know, those things are... Uh, it's like you... You're, you're getting uh, recruited. You're getting recruited and worked as an agent for somebody else, somebody else's motives. And what they do is just like in tradecraft, what they do is they go after you to tell you that what you're doing is the right thing. You're going to be a hero. Look, you're working for the bad guys. You, you can redeem yourself. Look, don't you look at all these, these facts that support our opinion. And then you do something seemingly harmless, but what you don't know is your small part, when you're getting recruited, when you're getting worked by these agencies, these agents, as part of this tradecraft initiative that you know journalists do, OGAs do, people are trained in, what you don't realize is that your small contribution is one piece of their bigger puzzle. And without every piece, it's not a complete picture. But if they do get every little piece, your seemingly insignificant piece could make a massive impact when joined with the other work that they're doing. And so always be on the lookout, especially veterans, security clearances. You might not think when you're out drinking at a bar, talking about your service, somebody comes up to you, a pretty girl or something like that, whatever it is, a pretty boy, whatever it is for the ladies out there, you could be getting totally worked and you have to always be vigilant, always be careful because there are people out there collecting on you, happens all the time. And your little piece, your small piece of the picture could end up having major implications down the road. So this person thought that they're releasing this service record. They don't. Maybe they don't even know what they're doing. Maybe they don't even really know who this person is. Hard to believe, but maybe, let's say. And then they go, okay, what's the harm? It's just some performance evals. And look at spirals, and it just snowballs down the hill. Be careful out there, folks. If you've been entrusted with a security clearance and access to inf compartmentalized information, you need to take that stuff incredibly seriously. Incredibly seriously. I don't think people get it. I don't think people understand. They should try. They should try to, you know, be educated. And that's a leadership problem, too. If people don't get that stuff, then that's a problem. Maybe you're not. Maybe our cyber training isn't enough. You might find that hard to believe. Maybe our cybersecurity online training on your JKO program 
is not enough. Believe it or not. I know it's a tough thing to grasp, but maybe not. Maybe we need to do more. Who knows? All right. Next story, folks. And this one's amazing. And then one good thing to send you off on your day. This one is just special. And I have put together a special video compilation for you guys. Army Reserve Major made adult film for his congressional campaign. And we're going to watch it, folks. I can't believe it. I've actually got it to show you. Hopefully, we don't get demonetized. An Army Reserve officer told New York media this week that he deliberately released a pornographic film as part of his congressional campaign. Major Mike Itkiss, who is running as an independent against Democratic incumbent Jeffrey Nadler for New York's 12th Congressional District, posted a 13-minute video of himself having adult actions with film star of the adult kind, Nicole Sage. Do you guys know who Nicole Sage is? I'm not familiar with that actress. The self-proclaimed sex-positive soldier has served in the Army Reserve since 2009. He's currently assigned to the 335th Theater Signal Command out of Joint Base McGuire-Dix-Lakehurst in Jersey. According to his campaign, he's running on a platform that includes decriminalizing sex work and ending adultery laws. And if you go to his website, it appears as up until, you know, the, the election, he was still running some kind of campaign. Ickes told City and State the film was a conversation piece. Interesting. I've watched it in full as my journalistic duty kind of compels me. And I will tell you guys all about it. But you know what? Let's let's get what everyone came here for. And let's go over and actually check out this, uh, you know, paid for by the It Kiss campaign. <laughs> We've got um, uh, Bucket List, I believe it's called. So let's go ahead and, uh, and check this out. So let's uh, actually, you know what? I've got it over here. So let's go ahead and check this out. This is um, some really special stuff. Some of you might already know what you're looking at here. If you do, shame on you. Um, but I've got basically the uh, some clips here. Let's just let's just roll it. Let's just roll it and see what happens. Hello, I'm Nicole Sage. Um, I am aware that I'm about to perform in a non-condom uh, boy-girl scene. Um, no one is forcing me to be here. Um, I am not under the influence of drugs or alcohol. And... Yeah. <laughs> Alright. So, actually, come here. So, we... So, pause it right there for a second. There's the man himself, Mike Itkiss, who uh, hired Nicole Sage uh, back in 2021. And, uh, and as we're going to see here in a, in a moment, apparently on two occasions, because this is video number one, he actually had two. One, you do it one time, conversation piece. You do it two times. That's when you, uh, you kind of start wondering what's the real motivation here. And that's what makes this gentleman the scuttlebutt show clown of the day. So we're going to go ahead and uh, continue to talk about this clown of the day, the scuttlebutt show clown of the day. And his, um, oh, you know what? I've actually got to go back here. Uh, I can't do clown of the day and show you guys that video. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. I feel bad. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and play the rest of this, which is, um, he is the clown of the day, but we're going to go ahead and show you guys the rest of this. This is, uh, the, the setup for their first video, which I have to describe this having watched it for my journalistic integrity as you know, when a fish has been caught and is in the boat and is dying and is getting their last breaths and flapping around and trying to find the water again, that's Mike's style. Let's just say that. That's Mike Itkiss right there, just getting after it like a fish out of water, floundering, dying slowly. Uh, it's quite troubling. Have seen each other's tests. We're good to go. Um, we are both over. Minor supporting role. <laughs> Minor supporting role. At least he has a sense of humor. I am sure that's in there as a snide joke, and it is true. That is so true. Age of 18 and consent to our scene today. We have gone over our do's and don'ts, and our safe word is stop. Thank you. So get ready, folks. This is how it starts. And then the second one. So you can see there, they go into a little makeout session. That's where I cut it. 
So then it goes into the good stuff. So it goes into a little makeout session, then the full on deal. Is your heart racing? My heart's racing a little bit. Like, what's going to happen? Are we really doing this right now? So he uh, he goes on to to do his thing, which is totally not good. Not not good. I don't recommend it. I don't recommend checking it out. But then, as you can see here, flash forward to Los Angeles, October 21. So from August to October, and he decides to do it again. And when you do it again, this is where it stops being about a conversation piece and starts being about getting your rocks off. If you can't hear what she's saying here, she said, I am aware this video might end up on the internet. And once I, once it's approved for release, uh, the content is not owned by me. It is owned by the creator, which is uh, Mike. So they got a real legit set going on over there. So she goes over. They start to boogie. And folks, that's how it's done. That is how it's done, I, I guess. Um, that's Mike Itkiss running for... He wants to be your elected official. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? He, he It's called Bucket List Bonanza. And you can pretty much tell... Um, it's, it's weird. You can pretty much tell that it's weird and you know, okay. So what I'll do is now I can officially declare this gentleman, the scuttlebutt show clown of the day. <laughs> that is what makes him the clown of the day. Thinking that he could just put on an adult film once would be, uh, would be a conversation piece and he's sex positive and all this stuff. Okay. You know, whatever bold move. Let's see how it works out for him. But to go back and hire her again. No, no. Mike, what are you doing? Bad play. That's what makes you the scuttlebutt show clown of the day. But let me know, would you guys vote for him? Let me know in the comments section out there in the in the tri-state area. Are you voting for Mike It Kiss? Let me know. I gotta know. I gotta know. And I it's it's uh it's just hard to believe. All right, guys, one more thing, and I'm gonna get you out of here. Nuggets says stretching the definition of journalism. My journalistic duties. I got to let you guys know. Me realizing Max had to watch and edit this entire video to play video. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. That dude needs help. Yep. Two occasions. That's questionable. H. Nas says seems like they need some help with their sound engineering missed opportunity. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could have done a better production for him. Mike Kiss It Nuggets says. Let's see. That's a great one. I like that. Hey, he can't have any dirt on him if he cleaned the dirt off already. I'm ashamed to live in New York, Nugget says. You know, it's uh, it's fine. It's fine. Her voice is nails on a chalkboard, MC says. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. It's done now. So I've got to uh, I've got to um, give you guys this last story here. And it is a happy one. We're going to lead it on a, you know, kind of related, but just positive note. Air Force says phallic-shaped flight path pointed at Russian base is just a coincidence, folks. It is just a coincidence. But I'm here to tell you that you go ahead and get some, soldier. You get up there in that airplane. You show those Russians what we're working with over here. Now, what exactly is the Air Force being accused of? Well, let me show you the flight pattern that they decided to break out and point directly at the enemy of the state. This right here that you can see on your screen in blue is the flight path that they chose. And they're saying that this is pure coincidence. Folks, do you buy that the Air Force made this shape in the sky on their flight path with those GPS breadcrumbs totally by coincidence? Does that check out to you? Does that make any sense? Or do you think that they're saying a big F you to the Russian government out there? You let me know in the comment section down below, and then let me know if you think that this is going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back, and will the government out there in Mother Russia retaliate for this egregious infraction? You let me know in the comment section down below, and do you think that uh, the blue balls, so to speak, are a good representation of what the United States is working with? You let me know in the comments. Folks, what a joy. What a joy to be back with you 
on the Scuttlebutt Show. I am beyond excited. I'm beyond happy. It has been a blast to be back here with you. I cannot wait for our next episode, which will probably be Wednesday, to be totally honest. I'm going to be working tomorrow. But by the end of this week, I have such a humongous, major, massive announcement, bigger than Mike Itkiss' announcement. All right? It's going to be enormous. And I can't wait to share it with you. It's going to be so cool. And I need your help. So everyone out there, Tommy, Nuggets, Harry Lime, Pie, Sam, MC, Tiffany, A.N., Jacob, everyone else. If I missed you, I apologize. But everyone else out there in the comment section, thank you for being here today. It's been my absolute pleasure to bring you today's comment uh, stories and show and content. Rusty Jack, I saw him out there. Everyone, thank you. Have a great Monday. Have a great week. I will see you guys on Wednesday. Keep that in mind. I will see you guys on Wednesday. With all that being said, I look forward to talking to you guys very soon. And for now, folks, that's the scuttlebutt.